Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Scotty. Another week, another gallant effort, but another loss. Yeah, another loss and plenty to actually talk about in that game alone and uh, plenty to talk about what's happening in the off-field. It feels like we did our podcast last week and then a number of changes and signatures have just been added to the Bulldogs for next season. Yeah, we'll go through all that later, but... um... The Rabbitohs on at Seabus Super Stadium, last game of the round last week, um, did enough to get over the top of the Bulldogs, uh, 32-24. Yeah, it was... I think we should go to the major talking point first, uh, this one. <laughs> Can we dive right into it? Yeah, the, the appearance from Conor McGregor. Yes. What was he thinking? <laughs> yeah, well... Disappointing for a number number of reasons, isn't it? Like, it's a second game back into the top grade, so uh, it was just a complete brain explosion too. I've never seen anything like it on a football field. Walking off to half time and just jujitsuing somebody to the ground. Oh, <laughs> it was insane, and it was you know he's like you said, second game back. He's reportedly been told he doesn't have a home at the Bulldogs next year, mm-hmm. and he's trying to find a home. Um, yeah. And you talk about teams with culture and et cetera, et cetera, and then him chucking Cody Walker. Yes, Cody Walker, we've seen him in game day multiple times being at Bulldogs and Souths games for both home and away fixtures. We know that Cody Walker's probably up there. <laughs> he's a grub. Like, Cody Walker is genuinely a grub. He does things. He's allegedly, Lachlan Lewis was um, repaying the faith of a bit of grappling work on Nick Meany, which wasn't caught. We know Cody Walker does this, but you played right into his game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a good idea to get him going, Cody, but you got he to won. control yourself there. Um, but I the, wonder what wonder what Wally would think of that. The alleged thing that was basically said was Cody Walker towards the end before he got chucked was about him going back to reserve grade. Well, that's what was reported originally. It sounds like it was a conversation more along the lines of... Um, um, I think it might go back to your grappling on Nick Meany. Some conversation about um, Lewis saying something along the lines of, um, I'll grapple you. And then Cody Walker said something, do it. So he did. Oh, so oh, I've oh. also heard that being reported recently as well. But the biggest disappointing thing out of the whole thing, and a few people have noticed it, um, that 10-minute period without Lockwood Lewis on the field, South scored eight points and they won the game by exactly eight points. Yeah, I don't want to 100% blame it on Lachlan Lewis, but I I see it as one of those, especially when it's a sin bidding where if you get sin bidding for a professional foul because you saved a try, that that's something that the team can forgive. Like I can think of the Brent Shelton one against the Cowboys years ago yep. where he chased someone down, deliberately held the play on the ground, pretty much made a mess of the play the ball so it couldn't continue. He got sin binned, dawdled his way off the field, couldn't believe they were sin binned, great gamesmanship and stuff like that. Cowboys next set drop the ball. Bulldogs don't concede a point in that thing. That is a sin bin where you actually go, yeah, you haven't let down a team. Yeah, A sin bin the way Lachlan Lewis did, let down the team, eight points were scored, and that's a matter of the fact. I see it as almost like those in a cricket sense. Do you know when you drop the catch in cricket and you start counting the runs that that batter scores? <laughs> yeah. I kind of see it as like that. Like you did that. It was no professional foul. Like you didn't save a try. Like some yeah. professional fouls you've got to do. You, just gotta, you know you've got to do them. Um, but there was nothing in it apart from words. If it was true about the grappling thing, he just walked into his thing. He could have just said, wait to the second half. 
you know what I mean? Like in the battle, if it was something to do with, about him being back in reserve grade, right? Why didn't Lachlan Lewis respond back? Hey, I know New South Wales won Origin with you, without you in it. <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. There was better ways to respond. That's when I heard that instantly. I would have said, "Hey, New South Wales won Origin. You weren't there. Like that must have been the difference, and would have really got him going." There's a few things that um going on in the Bulldogs world amongst the fans out there, Scotty, that we don't necessarily um come up with ourselves or, or agree with. But there is a um. A what do you call it? Petition to keep Lachlan Lewis at the club. I first saw that and decided, yep, that's not for me. Don't agree with that, and um, I think the club needs to move on um, and go into. We're, we're clearly moving in a different direction. We've talked about that multiple times. But if you're listening to this and you're a Lachlan Lewis fan, you can go sign Nat. Um, but then when I saw saw that happening, I was wondering if there's a few people regretting. Jumping on that uh, petition early. Well, it was an interesting one because, you know, no doubt Lachlan Lewis had a fantastic game against the Roosters. And going back now to social media, we decided to go with the Lachlan Lewis theme game day type of approach. Like, you know, Lachlan Lewis versus Cody Walker. Cody Walker's in tremendous form for South Sydney. So that's how we try to pick similar players in similar positions or similar leadership type of styles or whatever. Or two players on the up, two younger players or whatever. So we decided to go for the approach of like, you know, Lachlan Lewis has made the news. He had that really good first half against the Roosters. We haven't seen Lachlan Lewis like this before. And then we posted on Facebook and the first comment back straight away is, can we see Lachlan Lewis continue his good form? Someone was like, no, because he had a, a shit second half. That was the first thing said. So it isn't, it's my point I was trying to add to that, it's a very divided thing. There's no one who goes, and eh, you know what, there's value keeping Lachlan's, like, it's either you know, or you're, yeah, he has to be here. Like, there's no one going, yeah, I can see the value in the middle, but I can also see, like, you know, mm. a different change. You're either sitting on the Lachlan Lewis, it must be at Belmore, or you're telling him, like, pack your bags, thanks for your service. We're going yeah. in a different direction. That's just, it's weird, eh? How let's get, split. let's get to, oh, I will quickly say that, um, I'm not putting the full blame on Lachlan Lewis for the loss. Um, just to clear that up if it sounded that way earlier. But let's get to the good, Scotty. Uh, second top six team in a row that we've pushed all the way, kept them within range. Second weekend in a row, we kept the score line very respectable. Yeah, we actually did. It was it was pleasing, you know, the effort. And, you know, you actually were sitting down there thinking, holy crap, like, you know, 12-10 at half time, but then going into the final, you know, stages of the game and you're thinking, yeah, we're still actually in this against a, good, a quality side. was Something that we haven't really had much of in recent years, you know what I mean? Like just sitting there, getting excited, thinking, you know what, this could actually happen. However, South Sydney were without Latrell Mitchell. They opted to rest him after the Origin game. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the ball boy. He carried on a little bit, didn't he? Nah, that's all good to see, Like especially in these COVID times. But um, I think the uh, I, th- I think a thing that we cost us more than Lachlan Lewis is the quick start from South. Again, it was like the Roosters. It was a quick start, and then you, it was 10-0. Yeah. And then you got, you can't always let teams get to a try a two-try lead early in the game and expect to always yeah. win those games. So I think that's our big point now is how do we start the first 20? Because it's, yeah. it's not working at the moment. We're, we're going back. We're pegging back into games. We're fighting every tooth and inch to get back into them and finishing pretty decently. Yeah. But against Roost- Seagulls, well, we knew what happened there, but that was early. Roosters? Now, South. There's three weeks in a row where a pattern has it was very quick starts from the favorite, the favorite side. Yeah, I think you're 100 percent spot on the money there. The the start is now 
maybe it's the final frontier. Looks like we've got a defence back the last couple of months. They're defending like Bulldogs. Uh, last couple of games, they've been in the games against teams that are, you know, tipped to go deep into the finals. We're well larks by ourselves now, so that's an improvement. The larks frontier for Barrett's team is that probably opening 20 minutes. But I will say, I did say earlier, it's not Lachlan, It's not only Lachlan Lewis's fault that Sidbidding is the reason why we lost. But I don't know about you, but when it happened, I felt that was big with any chance. Yeah. Last winning, I, if you know what I mean. I felt like, you know, yeah. At 12, you know, 10, sorry, I was going to say 12, 10, I was feeling, com- uh, not confident, but I was feeling um, excited uh, that we could potentially beat Souths. We are playing well enough. That incident happened, and I, I felt straight away there's no way we could recover from that. Yeah, like, Souths, you know, we, we got it to a quick start, then they would have been disappointed within themselves 12, 10. At halftime, for sure, they would be going into the shed, going, "Oh crap!" They'd they probably feel worse than a 12-10 scoreline, to be honest. After leading 10-0 against last, and then for them to come back like the way we did, perfect stuff. But you know, you you could credit Cody Walker for Souths on it, not his on-field ability, but he's uh, able to get someone sin-binned in that situation on halftime. Was I've never seen anything like that. It was silly and stupid. We already spoke about it in that sense, but. You know, I had the similar feelings when that sin bin happened. I was like, we need to hold our cool. You know, we've got a lead in the game. I know it's only two points, but we're the team that had all the, the wind behind our sails going into halftime. And I felt like that just took it away. It took us, it felt like now we're down by six or down by eight at halftime because we had that one less person on the field. And you know what it's like. These new six, you know, the six again rules, it's hard enough to defend with 13 on the field, let alone 12. So. <laughs> Uh, before we start highlighting some players out of the game, and there's quite a few to highlight this week, which is great to see. Just want to give. Um, well, I just want to highlight Bailey Biondi Odo. Um, <laughs> gave him a few raps before his debut. He's not letting me down, Scott. What about that try assist for Aaron Chop? Um, a glimpse into the Bulldogs' future. Oh, that was remarkable. It was. You know, it's exciting to watch. And, you know, you got someone who's 19. You just saw potentially your future halfback or the future half with your centre doing some magic like that down the sideline. These two guys are 19 and 20. One just recently turned 20, and that's Aaron Shop. Mm. Right? So you look at that, and you, you just start to go, oh, yes. Like, you know, Shop. I think Shop's a terrific player as well. And I think, you know, he does the tough runs, which is remarkable to someone his, his age. He's not afraid to do the ugly stuff and the non-pretty stuff, which is good because a lot of people, they usually mature into that type of work in the, you know, into their career. Um, Shop's got the potential, and I'm going to say it too, I reckon he's got the potential to be as good as j at the Bulldogs. I'm with you. He reminds, the way he plays reminds me of Josh Morris. I yeah, think like, he needs to work on his defence a little bit, and that will come in the next couple of years. Oh, of course. But um, he definitely can... Definitely can go into that role, absolutely. And speaking about players reminding of play, uh, reminding us of other players, I'm going to throw one at you, and this might be a bit controversial. Oh, I love, before you do this, <laughs> I love this, by the way, people. I have no idea where he's going with this. I absolutely <laughs> love being put on the spot, so hit me in two, five, three. <laughs> it just came across to me earlier today while I was on, on, the, on the loo, actually. Um, Bailey Biondiodo, the start of his career, is reminding me of the start of Ben Barber's career. Interesting, yeah. Now, Barber was playing 5'8", fullback, roving lock off the bench early on. 
and Bailey's a halfback that's come in into dummy half, but he's come on the field. He's provided energy. He's provided pace. I'm not saying he's as quick as Barber, but he's provided that energy and pace to the attack around the ruck. Um, definitely got a high level of skill and has seamlessly slotted into first grade. I'm not saying he's going to go on to play the way Ben Barber did or he's that next fullback, don't get me wrong, but the comparison at the start of their careers. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. The thing that I like, the link I'm going to put between them two is the confidence they have. They just come in playing like 10 games. Well, like we saw Ben Barber, like he was coming in, played 10, 15 games, he was doing things, and you go, you've got no right to do that, my friend. Like, (laughs) you know, you've only played 20, not even 20 reserve grade games, let alone you're doing this in the top grade. You went from like 20s to. He was doing things after 20 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) And then you got, uh, you got Bailey, you know, doing the same thing. Like he's. You, you got different like, style, mate, different yeah, style. Yeah. yeah, but the the injection into the game and the excitement, like it's the thing is too. And the biggest compliment I can give him right now for, uh, for Bailey, beyond I, I can't. Beyond Odo, beyond Odo. So I apologize. I'm gonna get that the the thing around. The biggest thing I can give to him is when he comes on the field. Yeah, you notice it straight away. You yep. notice the thing. It's the spark lifts. I don't know the team lifts. I don't know. I mean, the messages will be out there saying he's on, he's on, he's on. But they're also using, no, you just see him. Like, you you know, the pass, I know it's crisper. I don't know. Just everything just seems to feel right when he's on the field. And what, Absolutely. two games in? And I'm, and I'm, I'm really excited by him. I reckon he could, if he sticks around, he could stick around 10 years or so and become a legend. He's got that potential, not to talk about too much too early. A lot could still go wrong, but. Early signs are good. Now, uh, we've talked about a few players. Let's highlight a few more. Aaron Shop uh, had 16 runs for 131 metres, 46 post-contact metres, the most of any of the back five, mind you. That's the kind of stuff we're talking about with the comparisons to to J-Moz there. Strong ball runner. Yeah. And just getting out there and dirty. Absolutely. Jada Lockerball made his return, Scotty. Yeah. Up and down game, 16 runs for 110 metres, 43 post-contact metres. few errors, though. Yeah, I feel like Jaden sums up quite well himself. He said he was getting used to the contact, you know. It was harder than he remembered. Like, he was got in there and whack, and, you know, you can do so much at training, but when it hits game yeah. day, the game day intensity, it's been a long time It's for him. And then you've also talked about the, the scandal, what happened, what's yeah. made him sit out for another long period. So he's had two really long stints on the sideline. Two yep. years in a row, so kind of not. Get, expect, sorry, sorry I was just going to say they've only put one error on the stats, but there's a few offloads that were questionable coming out of our own end, oh, uh, yeah. and putting the team under pressure, that sort of thing. He did get driven back quite a few times too, uh, especially early on in that game, which I noticed as well. Other players to highlight: we've already talked about Lachlan Lewis um, <laughs> for what happened there in the pack. Henrik Tillerly had 69 running meters. Yeah, disappointed by that, actually. Yep. I thought he started uh, all right as well. Thompson has been moved to lock this weekend. Had 113 from 13 runs. So not bad. Jackson, uh, 11 runs for 110 metres. He's the heart and soul of the club. And I think part of the reason why we were actually remaining in that contest. It was a really gritty contest. And when those type of games happen, um, Josh Jackson's a big reason why the club sticks sticks close. I don't care what anyone says about that. Um, I think there's countless um, examples in the last couple of years, particularly mm. Bank West against Para a little while ago. Off the bench, Bailey Biondiodo. We've already covered him, but um, 
what a performance. And Ava Sinematafungi had eight runs for 83 metres. So before we announce the player of the weeks for us, which, little spoiler alert, we've got four different players, so no bonus points this week. Is there anything you want to touch on? Oh, no, I think you touched on really well. I think we need to highlight... Oh, I mean, you highlighted a couple of my players, stuff like that. And I don't want to highlight... Actually, I'm going to let you highlight it, but there's one in particular person in the outside backs I thought had his best game for the club. And yeah. I'll let you take it, take it away because you know exactly who I'm talking about. Well, he's actually got one of my points. That's why so, you want to get rid of it. So you throw <laughs> so under the bus. One point that I've uh, given out this week is Corey Allen. I think he had his best game as a Bulldog. Crossover mm. for a try, 11 runs um, for over for almost 130 run metres. Um, and he just looked class compared to some of his other performances in the blue and white this year. His performance on Sunday night was class. Yeah, and I wonder when that try he scored when he just flung down the wing. Didn't yeah. see, I haven't seen him move that quick this year. You know what I mean? Like he just flew down the wing. I'm wondering quick. if he started the year with a, a little quiet niggling injury or something like that. Because he's come back from his his injury layoff and looked a different player. Yeah, I feel like sometimes, you know, that might have been one of the best things. I mean, he wouldn't probably say that now, but a good thing to happen to him, you know, getting an injury where he physically can't play and then letting the rest of the other body, part of your body recover. Like, you know, like you spend a couple of weeks off, gives you, like, you know, your legs, the calves, the, the quads, whatever it is, a bit of, you know, time off to rest and recover as well as your actual injury. So <laughs> he does look good, though. Hopefully he played well. Who have you got for your point? Yeah, I got Sieni Katoa. I mean, I'm you know I'm always giving a personal point and then not them being in the seventeen the next week. That's what I'm famous <laughs> for. No, I mean I don't. I'm not against obviously the change for this week, and we'll talk about the team list later with Sieni Katoa. Um, however, the forty twenty kick boomed out of the boot. Like I did not see that one coming. Like he just ran out at me half and kicked it and I was like, oh, 40-20. Like, you know, that's mm-hmm. something that I don't think we do enough or try to do enough and he just did it. He almost did that a couple of weeks ago or last week as well. Kick out mm. a dummy half that was really good. I think his kicks... No, sorry, was... he sorry he caused the uh, forced dropout from about 40 metres from his own side. Yeah, I think his kicking game is one of his strength. Like, one of his strengths. Like, he could always be like... It's definitely improved, I reckon. Yeah, like, we, we even when we played South earlier this year, he got a forced dropout from when he was playing 5-8 and he just booted it down the field. And he's going, I think he was going for 40-20 and he just kept bouncing and then stopped in the end goals. And then the rest of the team got there. Um, so I feel like he's got a decent kicking game. So maybe, you know, giving a bit of free range to help out the halves. It's always good when you've got three, four players who are genuine kick threats yep. opposed to the one or two. And he's just a different kicker to Lachlan Lewis and Jake Averillo. He just not that high, just straight long out. That's what you and, want out, W half. And also that try... Um, the try Corey Allen did score. If you look closely, uh, Sieni Katoa deceptively screamed at Luke. He was looking at Luke Thompson and he was you know, pushing him this way, telling him like how to run. And South started, I was noticing South's eyes were looking at Luke Thompson. And Sieni Katoa looked at him, looked at him, looked at him. Turn up, let's go the other way. And I feel like that's an underrated play. He doesn't get the try assist because, you know, it wasn't the last pass or anything. But, you know, he, had, he caught South's attention because he was screaming at Luke Thompson. Then he continued to look at him and then went, Whoop, we'll go the other way. So I think that's clever, and that's where I think his strengths are when he does more of those deceptive stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, maybe we should see more. And then we'll go to your two points now. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll just quickly say that it puts Corey Allen onto the board for the first time this year. So he got one point, and Katawa takes him to three points um, as well. So oh, nice. the player of 
the match for mine, I've gone Josh Jackson. The heart I've, and soul. Already, I've already spoken about um, what he means to the club, and you just said it there, heart and soul, and how in these type of games, he's, the club follows his lead, the t- players follow his lead, and we stay in the game. So I won't go on too much more about that, but two points for Josh Jackson. And I've gone two points to the young hooker, so I've gone with the two dummy halves this week. Barely beyond Oda, you know, comes on, energy gets flicked. You've already spoken about the energy side. You speak about, you know, every, like you said, I think I'm going to use one of your, the things you said last week. That he's not a genuine hooker, but my God, those passes are hitting the chest all the time. Like, I don't think he's thrown a bad pass yet in the NRL. Well, he might be. We don't know yet. <laughs> but he's, um, the try set up, but he also scored his first try. All righty, cool. So I won't go through the top five again this week, but that uh, puts Josh Jackson into equal fourth as well, onto seven points. Um, and Katoa, Scotty, if people are playing along at home, uh, no, sorry, not Katoa, Bailey Biondiono is up to six points as well. So just outside that top five already, got a couple of bonus points um, a little while ago. Uh, I reckon, Scotty, we'll go straight into the game against the Sharks. We've got some time constraints tonight, so we'll go straight into that, go for the team, what we expect. And we've got a lot of uh, news points to touch on and a few uh, fans uh, or listeners, I should say, have sent in um, some topics to speak about as well. So let's do it. Sharks, it's the last game of the round again, 4.05 p.m. up at the Gold Coast as well. See by Super, yeah. Yep. That's it. So the team we've named, Nick Meadies at fullback again, Corey Allen and Jaden Ockenball, the wingers in the centres, Will Hopper-White and Aaron Shop. Uh, the halves are again Lachlan Lewis and Jake Avarillo. Up front is where we see some change. Ava, Cinnamon of Fungi will start with Jack Heverington. Jeremy Marshall-King returns from suspension at hooker. Second row is Corey Waddell and Josh Jackson. Uh, the lock is Luke Thompson. I'll tell you what, I, I'm not a fan of moving Luke Thompson to lock. I know no. he can play similar ways, but I think the difference in performance from himself at lock and prop is well to part, and he should be playing prop. Um, Bailey Biondiono is on the bench with Dylan Napa, Joseph Simpson, and Offahi Ogden. And our reserves this week are Kyle Flanagan, Sioni Katoa, Falakiko Manu, who I thought was unlucky to be replaced late last week, um, yeah, and Matt, Matt Dury as well. Okay, to quickly go for the, the, the team list, I haven't just been agreed. I reckon, especially the way the game's being played now, we need the prop not to be there, not a genuine prop. If you're going to be a prop playing lock, you need a ball playing prop. You need someone to bring spark in the middle third of the field. I think the successful teams and the better teams are doing that right now, having, you know, your a smaller forward or a forward with ball playing ability or maybe even a kicking ability there. So I don't like that move. I do like the fact that Arva Simenefengo is starting. I think he's a, a classy forward. I watched him in a trial at um, early this year against the Sharks and his communication and the tackles. It's fantastic when you actually, one of my favorite things of watching trials or with no crowd is you actually get to hear the players talk about their their stuff in the tackles and stuff like that, pulling people down. Obviously, my friend guy's that type of person. I would have rather Jack Harrington drop back to the bench, to be honest, and have a bit of, like, you know, impact, like, you know, get the bull out, you know what I'm saying? The young bull come out and, you know, almost smack him and tell him, on you go, son, like, you know, cause mm-hmm. some havoc out here. But kind of see where Tremor was going, but no, I like a, a lock with some ball-playing ability. I would have, would have rather Corey Riddell or Jackson to hold his spot, to be honest. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, 
with you there. I've just seen some breaking news, of course, <laughs> as it always is. It always while happens. We're recording the podcast, yeah. so we'll get to that in a second. My mind's just been taken over there for a second. No I'll I can read keep it out talking. to you in a moment. Yeah, I can um, keep talking. You know that. But I was going to make the point, Scotty. We'll wrap this part up really quickly because we do have a lot to speak about. But if we play the way we've played against the Roosters and uh, Souths against Cronulla, I think we'll be in the game yet again. Um, Sean Johnson's played some really good football, though. But um, mm. apart from apart from Sean Johnson, I feel like the Sharks are struggling um, at times. I think we, um, as long as Lachlan Lewis doesn't jiu-jitsu somebody else, we'll be, <laughs> we'll be okay. Let's can just I, go. Can yep, I just go. quickly add to the Sharks? Sorry. Um, you know, one of my favourites for the Cronulla Sharks, no secret, you know, and the inaugural podcast player of the year winner, Aidan Solman, is actually out for this week again, which means it's the third time, and I'm going to say third time he's missed a game against the Bulldogs. One was the trial. Second was the uh, the first match of the, the year against the clubs. And then this one, he's taking the early guilty plea, Aidan Solman. But I know I wanted to mention that for a bit of humour, but before I get you the breaking news, I want to actually say I've been watching, well, I mean, I watch most of the games, if not all of the games of the week. I watched Aiden Tolman play for the Cronulla Sharks. He's playing a different style for the Sharks. You know, he's a bit more ball playing a bit um, out there for the Sharks. And I've also noticed a lot of the time Sharks fall away from games. And that's when Aiden Tolman gets taken off. He plays 60 straight, usually gets taken off, and then he might come on for a stint at the end, may not either, depending on how much they've used their bench rotation. The Sharks will leak points more likely at the end of games. And that's when he's off the field. I feel like their middle loosens up and teams just go straight through the middle when he's off the field. And I actually think that's a massive loss for the Sharkies. I actually really do. I generally think that's a massive blow. Like I started thinking of Tolman Johnson play and people go, oh, what is, you know, Tolman, I've told you what he exactly does. Now that I see Tolman out, I kind of think, hey, hey, Bulldogs, you know, we finish games better than we start them. So, hey, we've got a chance. All right, it's been announced that Tavita Pengai Jr. is officially a Bulldog from season 2022 for three seasons. Uh, Bulldogs chair John Curry has said that when someone like Tavita comes onto the market, it automatically creates enormous interest amongst a number of clubs. We've been able to sit down with Tavita and outline our vision here at the club going forward, and we are delighted when he said that he wanted to be a part of what we are trying to build here. We've had a couple of discussions off air about this, Scotty. Uh, off recording so mm. um i was a bit not sure about this initially i had somebody i was listening to somebody talk it might have been 360 last night they made the point that Tavita Pengo Julia was actually one of the best players in the competition before uh brisbane fell apart with um Everly Seabull. so i'm kind of i'm kind of um excited by it a little bit now because I, I kind of remember those performances i forgot about those performances completely uh i think he's got a we've spoken about um he sees red a few times we've already got jack Hedrington, so we uh hopefully we'll end up with both of those out suspended because they've seen red in the game but his talent is uncrushed is undeniable um and if we can get him back to his best form uh pre seabowl broncos um It'll be. It's a good signing. Yeah, he's definitely a great player, and he's one of those forwards who you know he can do a job up front, or he can do a job on the edge for you. So you could play almost. You could play almost anywhere in the scrum, apart from hooker. Really, you could. Um, so, talent-wise, like it's almost like a no-brainer. Like it almost c- completes the um, the the pack. Almost, I guess. Like you start to look, you got Thompson, 
Pangai Jr., got Heverington, got Cinnamon Fangai. There, that's probably the four we're gonna the four main stayers, and they all complement each other. Like Thompson's the leader of the pack. Cinnamon Fangai is the you know the consistent player of the pack, the one who won't let you down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pangai Jr. is like the wrecking ball, and so is Heverington. So I don't know. It is good. I don't know where he will play. I would imagine in the back row. But in saying that, you've still got the likes of Corey Waddell, Joe Stimson. Um, I think back row is the easy option. Uh, maybe give him the lock spot. That will be interesting to see how he plays. He's got a little bit of ball skills. Um, then He's got a bit of the speed up, too. The other, option is, the other option is up front as a prop forward wrecking ball as well, which I I think I said last episode that I'd like to see that. But that's probably less likely if the rumours about Paul Vaughan become true. We've already touched on that last week, so we won't spend much time on that until it's um, announced. It looks like it will be, though. Yeah, well, another thing is we need to think about, and I want to use NL 360 quickly when we talk about some of these players. Like, Pengo Jr. is a great player, and Paul Vaughan, we know the heights he hit being an origin player, and, you know, he consistently, you look at some of the form he's done this year, he consistently runs over 160 metres a game. I think Paul Vaughan is no doubt be a good player. I think, you know, he's getting to the stage of his career now where he can't play those bigger minutes as a prop where he'd have to, you know, peg back like, back some of the minutes in his game just to get the best out of him. But, we, you know, you've got Pengo Jr. We, we, we've questioned Mark about his attitude. He's got two COVID breaches, and he just seems to not really care at the moment. That could be, you know, multiple different things. And I'm all for one giving one person, you know, a person a chance, a genuine chance. But then you've got Paul Vaughan, two COVID breaches, two very stupid ones, and, um, you know... That so you got that. Then you got Josh had a car who was kicked out of Sydney to go to Melbourne to keep his career going. They're all going into one like one team of thirty next year. So it's going to be a job where Trent Barrett is going to be really strong. Um, I guess when coaching the team to get these, you know, these attitudes and ego and everyone pulling in the one direction. There's a lot of personality amongst those th- th- three, four guys and Matt Dufty as well. I it is exciting, though, isn't it? Because if you look at the possible team lineup for next year, all of a sudden you could see that a big improvement uh, happening in the space of one season could happen. And I'll take yeah. you back to a hot take I made earlier in the year saying that we'd see the biggest amount of player movement in this off-season uh, for next year, and uh, that looks like it's going to be spot on the money too. Mm, no, doubtably. Like, if they play like 80% of their potential, these yeah. players who are signed, yeah. we become an almost a top eight team. Or like I was saying, at eighty percent potential, we're top yeah. eight or a top eight pusher. Yeah, that's for these people playing at eighty percent of the potential. They flick it onto a hundred. You know, yeah. who knows? Penga Junior. Like I think Ava Simena Fenga might be the best person for Penga Junior. Could be, could be. Yeah. We need to move along, Scotty. Yeah. Um, what do we got? I got. I will start with some of the. Actually, we'll go to a smaller one first. Well, not smaller yeah. one. Tui Katoa has agreed to another one-year extension with the club. I think. Personally, I think Tui has been a rock-solid player, and I think he never lets you down. I feel like he was growing, warming into the top-grade position this year before injury has pushed him back to the sidelines, unfortunately. Um, but I feel like, you know, when you, you talk about good sides and depth signatures and stuff like that, you look at Melbourne and you see Branko Lee in reserves at the moment, even though he's on a premiership with them. Um, you see people like the Panthers having a Je- uh, Robert Jennings playing at Penrith. Mm. Uh, you know, so that's a... You know, a decent you know, top grader that had Malachi while turning to Lesniak. So what I'm trying to say is like the depth in those players who can actually produce yeah. at a top level. 
Um, might not be favoured, but definitely put pressure on the likes of Corey Allen and Ockenball yeah. and stuff like that. So what I'll say is I actually thought that he was falling away a little bit in his performances the last little while. But um, I think you're spot on. Um, it's an interesting situation, isn't it? Because I think Katawa and Ockenball has re-signed as well. Yeah, for another two years. Yep. Yeah, there we go. Um, I think they've both gone from being possible, you know, um, first choice players in the 17 or thereabouts to being, um, you know, third or fourth backup with the amount of players that were coming coming into the um, outside backs next year. So well, they're signing, they're re-signing for club to go from a first grade player to a backup player. That's just the way it is, unfortunately. Yeah, well, with Tui Katoa, like you know, he started the season at reserve grade and. You know he's been he's done he's just done his job. He was a part of the Sharks win, by the way, as well. He played a brilliant game, um, brilliant like you just know quite achiever, just does the job. With him though, like you know having the likes of Josh Adokar being at the club next year, probably the best winger in the competition, um, would be huge for Tui, I would imagine. And you know spending every day with him on the training field, like seeing what how what he does and what speed, like, you know, we can say, you know, Josh Adekar's a bit of a larrikin and all this, but when it comes to training and speed training and this and whatever in between, Adekar's a professional person when it comes to his tr- training. It's flicked on, mm-hmm. switch on. He's just a bit of a goose and, you know, can be the best teammate or the worst, depends on how you see the, the training field. Um, Tui could learn a lot. I mean, two different personalities as well. Tui Katoa looks like the quiet achiever, but you know, there's something to learn off. Same for Jaden Ockenball, who we just mentioned signed a two year extension. So that kind of probably confirms that, you know, obviously Nick Meany, we know, is going. You probably look at the likes of Christian Crichton's probably out now. You, I don't think you could carry three unless if they see him as a center potentially um, for reserve grade as like, you know, depth signing. But with these two players signing anyway, you just look, just say if, you know, I just brought this uh, topic up when I, when I thought it, saw it, is if Matt Dufty gets injured, right? You start to shuffle, you can put. The Fox back at fullback, you got Corey Allen, you can put back at fullback. Do you play a fullback from reserve grade? Do you, you know, Ockenbore, Tuikatal? There's like a lot more, like, you know, solutions. Like, you've got a good headache for Trent Barrett if injuries, so they've got good depth signing in the backs. You want to go for the big one? The one what took me by surprise on a Friday night? Yeah, go. Uh, I said Gus, the general manager of, of football at the club. Now, this was massive because there was talks before that they tried to approach him when he was at the, well, why he's at the Warriors doing his thing and he rejected them. Um, you know, we know he's a premiership winning coach, a former Bulldogs player, you know, big uh, Bulldogs influence. He's now returned back to the Belmore. Belmore. Yeah. Um, you know, that one actually took me by surprise on Friday night. I did not see any, like, you know, yeah, mur- well. when you hear murmurs and stuff. Like, I heard murmurs before, then it was shut down, and then, you know, six, probably six weeks or two months ago typical gus fashion though isn't it um it's an interesting one isn't it i'm not too sure i've got a love-hate relationship with gus oh i've got a hate relationship with was a commentary <laughs> uh oh commentary oh my goodness commentary is poor he should never be allowed to ever talk about the rules or how internet the real where the rules of the game should go he should never be allowed to talk about how to develop international football <laughs> mm. uh, and there's a few things that I completely disagree with everything he says on a few different topics but he's not doing that in his role at the Bulldogs he's doing a role that he was quite successful at with Penrith over oh, six years yeah. very successful all the all the success of Penrith now is because of his performance as general manager of football over there um, have you got the title is it the same title 
Yeah, what? general manager of football. General manager of football. So there you oh, go. Zach Sabrell. He said that he's um, disappointed that he had to. He felt like he wasn't doing his full potential at the Warriors because he wasn't able to go to New Zealand. Tell you what, if he sets up our salary cap and deals with our pathways from juniors through to the NRL, it's a great signing. But don't let him touch much else. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he's like you, you could look at the Panthers today, and you know, and I. I've spoken about this with a couple of people, is that um, Penrith, you know, he might not be the person there when the Bulldogs are up in the fight for winning premierships. He might not be there. Like, he might be only here for a three-year, five-year stint. But he's, yeah, like you said, his job is to get this roster into a decent size. Someone like Gus just attracts people instantly. People, for some reason, just want to... We're already attracting players. So I want to give Barrett a rap because he's attracted... Most I'm going to give him the rap for most of the signings for next year. Oh, it's even been reported that Gus has not had it really anything to do with Peter Pengai signing. No, yeah, Barrett spoke, him to, him after. After, spoke yeah. to him afterwards. So, yeah, give a huge rap now to Barrett and the recruitment team at the Bulldogs for the signings that they have done now because in a few years I can see um, people getting confused or rewriting history. And saying, oh, Gus signed there, and the next year they got these players, and they started going good again. So, big rap to the current people involved in the recruitment process now. Mm, yeah, 100%. And, um, we'll see how Gus goes into the future. Yeah, like 100%. But you look at what he did at Panthers. You, like, for some reason, Panthers have always been a great team developing talent and players and, you know, bringing them through. No one wanted to stay there. It felt like, you know, you got your taste of top grade and you're like, woof, go off to a better side, like a better team. Now he's managed to keep a pathway system. Have it really like passion. Like you see people like Isaiah Yo. When he spoke about potentially coming to the Bulldogs earlier this year when he was off contract, um, you know, like the offers, he said, you know, you looked at the offers, but you never really seriously considered taking them because the Panthers, like he built like a bit of like, you know, passion and stuff about the club, and, you know, really taking them under the umbrella. I've got a feeling this Mounties partnership won't last too long with Gus. I feel I like so. that's something that he's not about because he's talked about the Panthers being like you know, one big club, you know, getting them young and wanting them to be Panthers players was what he always said. He goes, you want to inspire, not being an NRL player, that's awesome, but you want to be a Penrith band fan. That was what something he said. So if he has that same mentality, you want to be a Bulldog, you know, you've got to treat them like Bulldogs at the age of 16 and up, you know, from, you know, H mats and SG, like, you know, all those grades and up. Like this is, this would be massive. And, you know, you'd, Build players like yeah, he might not be there when Bulldogs win premierships, or at least in the window of premierships. But I feel like he's uh, definitely the right man. With windows don't exist. Hate that terminology. Oh. All right. Uh, the other figures we talked about just earlier, before we move on, real quick, is that we talked. Uh, you brought up the point of uh, Adam Carr, Tavita Pega Jr., uh, Paul Vaughan, Duft- Matt Dufty mm. coming from um, you know making mistakes repeatedly, especially around COVID. Uh, Gus is the type of person that could hold those people into line as well. So I'd rig him up there with, like, um, Trent Robinson, Craig Bellamy, Nick Panisi, those type of uh, people that could hold those personalities in check. So that could be the, the major benefit from Gus immediately anyway. Yeah, and just one more thing with Gus before we go into, our, like, our fan topics and stuff is that, Phil Gould at Panthers actually did a lot of entertainment stuff at the Panthers as well, like game days and tried to turn game days into an event at Panthers. So like fireworks and on-field entertainment and stuff like that. It was actually not a bad place to go to watch the Panthers play. And you start to look now, I mean, you can't obviously go to games and stuff like that. So I don't know, maybe Gus might spice up game day as an event. 
for the fans. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah. So why don't we move on to the fan topics because there's actually a fair few and there's, you're going to be, I think, stumped on a well, one or so. You're going to be put on the spot because you don't know what they <laughs> I'm are. I'm on the spot for all of these. I haven't yeah. had a look. haven't had a sneaky look yet. Um, let's go. Okay, so Adrian Brooke, who's a big listener. Oh, Burke, sorry. My bad. Apologies. A big listener to the show. Uh, I couldn't read my own writing. That was my bad. Um, starting back seven for the Bulldogs in 2022, assuming yep. that all the players are fit and healthy yep. to go. Yep. And also, can you please tell us why you went with that back seven? So do you want to hit? This is something I feel like um, should have had some preparation for, mate. <laughs> well, that was more me, yeah, then. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a hard one. Look, I think if you're signing Matt Dufty, you have to put him to fullback. Yeah. Uh, so I'd go Matt Dufty at fullback. You have... Um, your wingers would be Ado Carr and Nick Kotrick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going off the top of my head here, by the way, people. Um, who we got? Aaron Shop and um, we throw Jake Avarillo in there as a centre. And then you go to Harves, Matt Burton, and uh, Carl Flanagan. Okay, interesting. I came up with this and I promise you that i was only coming up with this while doing the podcast so a little bit more i think <laughs> i came up with obviously dafty at fullback i got adokar and kotrick on the wing i got Corey allen and aaron shop in the centers yeah and i've got burton and flanagan in the halves and yeah. now to explain my sorry i'm gonna throw brent naden into the centers as well oh i've even forgot about brent naden <laughs> oh jeez, so, don't so, sorry let this is what something is we should have researched beforehand. So, uh, who do they have? I had uh, Dufty at fullback, Adokar mm. and Kotrick on the wings, Naden in the centres with Aaron Shop. So, I'm going to have Avarillo as my utility on the bench, and then I'll go Harves, Burton, and Flanagan. Jeez, yeah. So, I've, okay, let me redo that. <laughs> I'm going to go with Dufty, fullback, Adokar, and Kotrick wingers, yeah. Naden and Shop, Burton, yes. and Flanagan. So, that's the same. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. So the funny thing is now we've got Corey Allen who misses out, and I almost forgot about that with Brent Naden. I do apologise. It must be all those bloody signings that's coming into the club next year. And well, that's the thing. Look at that. You're talking about Katoa and Okuba being the backups. So Corey Allen's the backup. Yeah. <laughs> like Corey Allen and Naden are fighting for a spot. Avarillo's not in the starting lineup, and you've already got Katoa and Okuba have already dropped to like four fifth choice. Yeah. yeah. Already, sorry, four fifth choice outside of the first grade team. If you get first grade team, and then they're the fifth after that. So it's hard. Let's go into reasons for it, Scott, because that was the second part of the question. Dufty, a fullback. I don't think you sign a fullback and not play him at fullback. Mm. <laughs> so and I, I want Adekar on the wing because he's the world's best winger, as you said earlier. So I think that's a smart move there. Uh, interesting to see if he tries to go to fullback, but I want to go he even said. I like the idea of, I'm oh, not center. That would be a waste. He said the potential uh, you can see himself as a center. I, I like the idea of having him on a flank and then every now and again when the defense compresses, kick to the corner on second or third tackle because with him it's a potential try no matter mm. where you're on the field. Uh, Kotrick is your, is another really great winger state of origin representative in the past. Um, an out-and-out winger for mine. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the center experiment, yeah. or at least this year, worked for... Yeah. Uh, so who have we got in the centres? We've got Shop and Naden. Uh, and Naden. Um, Naden can get back to being a potential superstar the way he was playing last year for Penrith. 
Um, that's why I got him in there for some strike as well. Uh, good, not too bad in defense. Uh, he has been making some mistakes recently in defense, but uh, for his whole career, not too bad. In Aaron shot for obvious reasons. Hmm. Okay. So, so we look at the halves to go. Oh, you got Burton and Flanagan in the halves. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, we're talking. We've got the same team, so we're talking about it together. Okay. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> so I was waiting I've for just you to you in Sorry, I've just let you go on because I appreciate it. But yeah. <laughs> so Burton, well, uh, allowed allowed five eight, and I think Clark finally gets your halfback. You got I said Avarillo on the bench as utility player, but also as your first choice halfback backup if there's an injury or if Flanagan Center. does get dropped again. We can't fit in the centers. We've got Landon Chop there. No, no, I'm just saying, like, you know, <laughs> no, I'm saying when the center goes down. <laughs> oh, no, no, I mean, sorry, I mean, your utility role, you could play anywhere in the back line, but if Flanagan was to get dropped or injured later down the track, like the game, he could be your second choice halfback as well. well. Imagine anyone in the back getting dropped. You might have Jake Avalo to leapfrog to get anywhere in the back seven. Man, we're coming into uh, some riches, aren't we, in the playing stuff? Yeah, so there you go. That's our one to seven. We've actually agreed on the one to seven there. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I just want to add the reason Aaron Shop. I don't think you know you spoke too much about him, but I want to add the fact that I said that he's as good as, or he could be as good as Josh Morris. Not he is as good as Josh Morris. That he could be as good as Josh Morris at the Bulldogs. So let him play. Uh, let him be as like let him have the chance to be as good as Josh Morris. I have a huge rap on Aaron Shop, and I absolutely love the way he plays his football. Um, and to add to Adokar and Kotrick, like. Kotrick, when he returns the ball from a kick, it's is what like he is an outstanding returner of the ball. Like I'd love, you know, to have the ability. You got Josh Adekar who's quick. You got Dufty who's quick. I think Kotrick adds that balance in the back, the back three, where he's that he's quick, but he's also got that muscly, you know, that really big body, where he could actually yeah. return the ball in a different style to Dufty. You know, Dufty and Adekar are not more than likely not to run it dead straight. Oh, like, you know, if they the, do run it straight, they use their speed for strength. Where yeah, I would use muscle for strength. I'd actually throw in Scotty. I'd keep Corey Allen as my backup one to five. Yeah, and keep Avarillo as a utility. So if, obviously during a game, if one of them goes down, you throw Avarillo out there. But if um, one was to be dropped or injured or suspended. Uh, in between games, I bring Corey Allen in and leave Avarillo as my utility. But then I can't have Bailey Biondi Yodo as my utility. <laughs> oh no. Okay, but we're we're only out to the back five, so there it is. Well, this is it's so many headaches between Brown. He might actually resign. Too many choices. No, I'm kidding. He's got the even the back rowers are a, a noodle scratcher, even as well. <laughs> With that. What's our uh, next question from the Oh, uh, we got sphere. one no from Instagram. Yeah, okay. Time. From Willin3 at Instagram wants to, uh, wants to know, should we re-sign Lachlan Lewis? I know we spoke a little bit about this and thing, but I actually feel like we can answer this question pretty quickly. I think if you listen quite regularly, you know, but why the answer? So I'll let you go first. So should we sign Lachlan Lewis? And, and then why? why? So yeah, yes, okay. and why, or no, or why? <laughs> no, we should not re-sign Lachlan Lewis. The reason why? being... So we got Matt Burden, Carl Flanagan, Jeremy Marshall King, Bailey Biondiotto, and Brendan Wakeham already. It's yes. a waste of salary cap space. Okay, I I almost looking at that like that adds to my actual answer because I was going to say we've already got you know Burton Flanagan, Avrilo. That was and I, you know you add Wakeham that you know he hasn't played a game since the COVID breach, but you know he he was you know holding his own in top grade. Then you've got um. 
he's either a utility and he's a natural half. So mm. therefore, that's like your future. So he, him and Avarillo are young enough in future. It's like for Lewis, people like a lot of the way he plays in a tough style. Lock Lewis, there's no doubt he throws his body, a small body. But yeah, you've got too many halves. And, you know, he's probably not big enough to go in the back row. Like, I feel like everyone wants him to play lock now. And I don't... The leg speed or, like, that ability, like a Brafen Nasta did back in the early 2000s where he, you know, naturally had that body shape. Actual... Yeah, that's what I was saying. Brafen Nasta had that, like, a little bit more chunky, you know, type of player. And he was he had leg speed about him. You know, he could do the forward runs or the thing. So, no, like, we've got plenty of back rowers. So, even if we were thinking of transferring to a back row, the answer is no. Then even you got your hookers, you got Jerry Marshall King who signed, you got, you know, utility values we've added. So no, we've got too many players. Cause if we do sign him, is there a guarantee he'll make the New South Cup side? <laughs> and he's preferred never being too Sounds You're funny, but with the depth, you're right. Absolutely. I wasn't trying um, to tease him or anything at any stretch. I was just being like, cause you could I'm have Flanagan there, Wakeham and Grandiodo, Avrillo. Just had this thought. If he does land somewhere else in the NRL, I reckon it'll be the West Tigers. You reckon? I reckon they'll... West Tigers will like move uh, M by on somewhere and then sign Lewis as a replacement. It, it just sounds like something the Tigers would do. Uh, sorry, I do apologize. It was from underscore Alex D. Sorry, from the Instagram. It was Instagram, but it was saying Willie.3NN wants us to talk about Tavita Pengai Jr., the signing. So now yeah. it's confirmed, like we said on the podcast. Paul Vaughan and Gus Gould. So I'm going to guess... I think we just did that. <laughs> yeah, we did that, but why don't we go into a quick thing like uh, Tevita Pengo. Well, I suppose we could say Tevita Pengo Jr. and Gus are coming. Well, Gus is in. Tevita's in next year. Paul Vaughan, very heavily rumoured that he'll be at the, the club next season or potentially even this mm. year to finish off his suspension or take part of his suspension this season. Yeah. So first of all, why don't we go Tevita Pengo Jr.? Yeah, what do well, we like? What do we don't like? Well, I think we covered it a bit earlier. We like the fact that he's he can be a superstar uh, when playing um, in the right frame of mind. Um, he's got a, we don't like he's got into some trouble off the field a couple of times around COVID. Um, he's he's a bit of a, a person that sees red on the field as well and can be prone to doing something uh, dangerous and silly and spending a few weeks on the sideline. Um, we've already got a player like that. Um, but if he's playing at his best, it's definitely a good signing, no matter what position we throw him in, prop, lock, or second row. Yeah, so what I like about Tevita Pengo Jr., like I said earlier, he can play anywhere in the scrum, like, you know, damaging edge runner, damaging Prob- in the middle. Probably not dummy half. I just said apart from dummy half. Didn't I not say apart from dummy half? Well, I didn't mean apart from dummy half. But, hey, he could do some good scoots, I guess. I yeah. saw some highlights of him running on the edge and scoring like a winger. When he made some space down the wing, he's a talented forward. He's got a bit of speed, he's got a bit of mongrel. You know, he might want to buy Luke Thompson a beer after his uh, uh, incident with him last year. As a bit of a bit of a joke there. No, no. Um, you like his everything about his playing ability. You like, you know. It's just now if you're confident to manage him, you know, maybe this might be the big, best thing to come from him. He, you know, he's going to Sydney. You know, he's been at Brisbane for a little bit now. He's played 96, I think, games, 97 against the Broncos. You know, it's a fair bit of time there. You know, maybe it's a reality check um, for him. You know, a new opportunity, new club. 
that type of stuff. But you know, when he's on, he's when he's on, he's on, and mm. you know, you, you you take the talent every day of the week. Now it's just if you're confident that Gus and Trent Barrett, in particular, who deals with him every day, you can get the best out of him in every. Well, in I think team. I think the other thing we haven't touched on is that he's probably on his last chance. Yeah, or one of his last chances, and I don't think Gus will. I was gonna swear there. I don't think Gus will stuff around if he steps out of line. So, uh, we moved on if if that happens. So, that leads us to Gus. All right. Yeah. What do we think about Gus uh, in the role that he's been selected to do? I like him, and I will try my best not to be blocked on Twitter by him again. Uh, well, uh, that's what? that's something that uh, I think he's a bit like Buzz Rofield in a sense. If you go on there and disagree with him, that's it. Go on. <laughs> yeah. Well, he said he had a no dickhead policy on um. The Channel Nine fo- talking footy show. Footy. I watched that um, yeah. on Monday for like second or third time, and man, it's pretty bad. <laughs> oh, is it? I thought it was. I don't know. No, no. The only reason I'm asking is because I only watch the maybe a two minute clip every Tuesday when they post something on social media the next day and they I talk about like... special, like a topic where they've got a small topic and they speak for like four minutes, maybe five, two minutes, whatever it is. This is going to sound a bit arrogant, but I feel like in every sense of the word, it's a poor man's LRL 360. Mm, so if, okay. if you haven't got uh, pay TV and you can't access 360 or, or KO, you can't access LRL 360 uh, at 6.30 Monday to, fr- uh, Monday to Wednesday, um, you can watch Talking Footy at 9.40 p.m., the great time slot <laughs> on a Monday night. Um, and I feel like they're just trying to take off you know, Roll 360, but not as good. And they mm. don't have as much time over the course of a week like 360 does. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, um, so I'll quickly say about Gus quickly before. Being, uh, Gus Gould, you know, premiership winning coach, player at the club, you know, has strong connection. He always has opinions about Bulldogs. He's not afraid to... Thing, and he's been talking about his opinion the last couple of years about rebuilding it. They famously told Trent Barrett not to go at one stage. Uh, it was the rumour he had those in uh, the fight with the board and the people on the board are now gone and there's new people there. So any connection from what happened when he was removed from the club in his previous stint, or not stint, like previous time at the club, is now all gone. Um, he, You know, he... He has a strong connection with the, like a lot of the teams he deals with. Like he still has got a soft spot for Penrith. He seems to always hold a soft spot for the team that he's worked with for a period of time. So you know he's always spoken passionately and he's sometimes disagreed and thing. But you can see him get revved up when he talks about the Bulldogs when he's not happy of where it's going. So you know he he's got definitely the right passion for the club. If you can do half of what he's done at Penrith by bringing in juniors as well, you look at Penrith and there's so many people. You start hearing stories of people from Mount Druitt like Brian Tottle. And Jerome Lulwai, that's a pretty cool story. So if we can do that, but for the for the Bulldogs, then why not? Yeah, it's good. And the third, Paul Vaughan was the third one. Um, yeah. You made the, the point that he's what well, runs 160 metres per game. Uh, he's done a couple of silly things off field. Uh, I guess a lot depends on the suspension, eh? when, we, when they can use those games, because they don't want to be using those early next year. Mm, so... And- I think, you know, if he's going to ever, you know, be back to his almost best, I don't think he will, we get him at his best. Like, no disrespect to him. He's, he's no, over he's, 30. He's definitely, yeah. I think he's slowed down quite noticeably this year as well. Yeah. Um, but the Dragons have really kicked him up the like up the backside um, with that yeah. being fired. And there's speculation that 
they got rid of him to open up salary cap space. And that could have been, but he shouldn't have given himself the opportunity to be fired. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they gave the Dragons a chance to do something, what helps them out. But, you know, like you said, he has slowed down a little bit, but he still runs meters, you know. He still picks up decent meters and stuff like that. So definitely I like the playing ability. But then again, we've got to really manage these people. And you said about his apology the other week that it did come. It sounded like it came from someone who wasn't, like, highly educate, <laughs> educated or smart and wasn't so much the apology, it was the actions that he was apologizing for. Yeah, okay. The way he yeah. came across. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I think uh, we should probably leave it at that because we've got into those topics earlier yeah. anyway. Well, well, we'll wrap it up the show on that as well. Um, thanks for everyone who's, you know, added to the show. Old Dog? This week. This week? No, we've got, you've got a minute today. We've got time restrictions. Old Dog will be back next week. <laughs> okay, awesome. Yeah. So, but yeah, thanks to everyone who's added to the show. And like I said, even if you just randomly message us or tweet us, Instagram, whatever, whatever social media site you like, we will probably talk about the show anyway. So add it anywhere you still fit, any conversation. So at Twitter, it's at NRL Bulldogs fans. At Instagram, it's NRL Bulldogs underscore fans. Facebook, it's NRL Bulldogs fans podcast. Or even flick us an email at NRL Bulldogs dot fans at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs>